0: live talk radio that you control take control of the airwaves and talk about whatever is on your mind that number is 202-380-3699 there is also an alternative way of connecting i don't know that much about it so i'm not going to plug it at the moment but 202-380-3699 will get you connected with you tonight it's aria and mark yeah, I, I was waiting on a third person. It, it's been so long since we've done the show with j- just two people. Was it that yesterday? Yesterday we had a
1: third person. We did? Okay. It was, yeah, Choa. Oh, that's right. You know, Is- I, I think that it's time for me to, you know, come out and uh, a little confession that's going on. For those that have been listening and thinking, maybe Mark's not entirely himself. He's He seems to search for words a little more and doesn't remember stuff quite as much. I have had a very real memory issue because of COVID-19. Or at least, I've had a very real memory issue. I don't remember why. And <laughs> COVID-19 seems like a perfectly valid reason that you might suffer some sort of memory issues. 30% of people have a neurologic, neuro- you know, long-term neurological damage because of it. Mm. And I'm not saying, I think that the very best practice for me is just being on the air. I just hope that people don't, think, wow, this sucks, you know, because I, sometimes I'm going to search for words and sometimes I just don't remember stuff. I didn't even remember Joe was on last night. I'm not remembering a lot of things. And believe me, if you're frustrated, imagine how my wife feels. So that sounds frustrating. Luckily, yeah. when I had COVID, it was just like
0: I lost my sense of smell and taste for about six to seven weeks. OK, that was extremely annoying. But there was only one day where I was just like very, very sore and very, very fatigued. And then I was fine again the next day, other than the lack of smell or taste, which
1: continued for an excessive period of time. A lot of people have said that coffee didn't taste right for about three or four days for me. That was it. Man, I wish I was that fortunate. Well, I lost uh, 15 pounds in uh, five days, and I have. uh, there's no way I could replicate that. So I'm grateful for that particular part. But to me, the most important thing in the world has always been my mind. Because yeah. that's all you got, sure. And um, I, you know, I really don't like that I lost my memory like I did. That sounds like it would be frustrating. And my memory wasn't great in the first place. <laughs> I don't know how your memory was or wasn't it prior wasn't to
0: COVID nineteen, but I definitely have noticed that. You know, like you forgot that Joa was on yesterday. Yeah, and uh, I mean there there are other things that I recalled. You have forgotten in the last several months
1: well and you had to do a great deal of work because i lost the <laughs> password to, to the, something uh, uh, right to it to, to something that was very important for uh the show and uh there was a lot of try to figure that out and you were trying to like dig into my brain and there was nothing it's just a dry well you know nothing there that was not a fun period yeah uh, mostly because of the lockouts you know it was just a drag you could try like one or two
0: passwords and you had to wait five minutes before you could try it again and it's just a massive time sink just to try, you know, 40 or 50 variations is very. I'm glad the problem's been solved. Yes, the problem has been solved. I I am also glad. But, you know, one of the things I meant to mention yesterday and that I forgot to is when you got here today, I was listening to music, which, you know, is not uncommon for me, but I've discovered a new genre of rock music and I really like it. It's called trance metal. And it's filled primarily with female singers, which is how I ended up finding it. And of course, I'm sure you don't care because it's metal, but it's something I wanted to make people aware of because I wasn't even aware this thing existed. It's sort of a combination of trance techno and metal
1: with female vocals. And some of it's really, really bad, but some of it's also really, really good. That's true with any genre of music, right? Like some of it's bad and some of it's good. Yeah. Yeah. uh, I'm not the music kind of guy. I rarely will play music in, in the car. I mean, in many cases, if I'm not listening to an audio book, I'm listening to nothing. Uh, I mean, I'd rather be alone with my thoughts in in many cases. Um, my son has taken up listening to video game tracks um, that he listens to on YouTube, which okay. couldn't be more annoying as far as I'm concerned. But then again, I was, com- I, you know, I well, some to- video games have had really, really good music. Yeah. And some
0: not. Like, I don't know what type of music he's listening to. But it's if, mostly somebody on a keyboard going, e-er,
1: e-er, 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 you know.
0: Uh, that sounds pretty annoying. Yeah. But. But yeah. Well, I'm the opposite. I'm almost always listening to music, and this new genre of music is keeping me entertained. Good. And it's called Transmetal, metal, so check it out. It's, some of it's worth listening to. Some of it isn't. Lacuna Coil is one of them. I knew they were a band that existed but I never paid any attention me. to them because when I was in high school, I had this friend who was always watching MTV and Carson Daly and TRL and all this other nonsense. So he was always hearing about these. This is the next big band and they would have one song and then they would fade into obscurity. So I stopped paying any attention to him. And he was the one who told me about Lacuna Coil. So I wrote them off the same way I did, you know, Adema and Nonpoint and all of these other 90s bands that went nowhere.
1: But really? as it turns out, Lacuna Coil is still around, and they're still really good. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it's it's one of those businesses. If you continue to work, you will have work, yeah. you know? So the former CDC director – now, Fox News
0: sucks, I've learned. Uh, but MSNBC News, which is one of the two news outlets I requested, is significantly worse. I just about am entirely limited to – because when you go to MSNBC.com – it's just opinion piece after opinion piece, and nothing that's actually news. And the vast majority of it is just conservatives bad, Trump bad. Trump's not even president anymore. How long is MSNBC going to kick this dead horse?
1: Well, I have I saw a news article. I think it was yesterday or the day before. But, um, it was CNN and MSNBC, if I remember correctly, and I could look uh, look it up. I was just talking about how bad my memory is, um, and. The claim was is they mentioned Trump last month more than they mentioned Biden, and that's pretty impressive. I believe it. Like, if you go to MSNBC
0: News or well, MSNBC.com right now, the very first thing is about Trump. The next thing is about Southern Baptists. The next thing is about <laughs> Trump. Then it's about McDonald. Then it's about Texas Republicans. Then it's about Trump. Then it's why, about conservatives. And it's just, yeah, in the in just the screen that i'm looking at there is not a single mention of the current president and instead it's just all trump
1: well that says 6 to me months that they're, they're trying to distract your attention from the current president is what it says to me
0: well it's it's been 6 months since trump was removed from office when now, are i know they going it's, to find something else
1: to talk about i it's amazing i who knows well,
0: Fox News seems to be talking about other stuff, but the MSNBC is all about the whistleblower. Do you know anything about Reality Winner? Because I don't.
1: Reality Winner is a whistleblower that had something to do with the Trump-Russia uh, thing, and you know that's that. I don't know anything about it, but
0: MSNBC has an opinion piece about it, thankfully. Congressional Democrats are demanding answers after recent reports that the Department of Justice under then-President Donald Trump subpoenaed communications and metadata from them and reporters in a leak probe. Meanwhile, reality reality winner, the former NSA contractor who was convicted in 2018 of leaking documents to The Intercept, was released from prison early on May. The two cases may seem unconnected. They sound entirely unconnected. But they share at their core a simple question, one at the heart of every debate about whistleblowers, leakers, government transparency, and sealed investigations. In the United States, who has the power to determine what should be secret? And I think that's important. My answer would be
1: everything should be transparent. I, I wonder about this. Like, So the on, on one hand, you have the argument that uh, some things have to be secret because Z Germans, Z Russians – Z Chinese, Like, wh- wh- whoever is the boogeyman at the time. And there's no doubt that the Chinese government is trying to collect data on American citizens uh, as much as it possibly can. And that is scary just for the fact that they would even consider doing such a thing. But on the other well, hand... I mean, the United States government is also doing its best to collect information about America's citizens. Agreed. Um, the, but, I mean, if you're talking about uh, a king collecting information on his serfs that's far less disturbing than a king from another country collecting information on your serfs um i find them equally disturbing i don't i I don't want any government in my business i don't take information about me china's an ethno state and that means and since you ain't that ethno they don't have good thoughts about you more coming up it's free talk live
0: is free talk live 202 380 you can join the discussion talk about whatever's on your mind that's 202 380 you know it's it's really kind of hard to believe that bitcoin has only existed for a little over a decade and that decade has seen some remarkable developments for bitcoin and cryptocurrency already bitcoin has proven to be an invaluable tool that's changing the world chances are you've heard about it But maybe you've decided it's time to finally learn about it. Bitcoin.com has everything you need for that, including some very short videos that will only take a few minutes out of your time to teach you the basics so that you can get involved with this groundbreaking technology. But even if you already know about Bitcoin, there's still something for you at Bitcoin.com. Stay up to date on all the news that's relevant to you at news.bitcoin.com because there's something for everyone from the novice to the professional or the expert rather at Bitcoin.com. And it's all on a sleek, easy to use modern website. Check it out, bitcoin.com. With you tonight, it's Aria and Mark. And I'm frustrated by MSNBC's obsession with Republicans and conservatives. You actually have something about this from real clear politics that actually has numbers and data points to back up its argument because I'm just looking at the site and seeing, Oh my God, these people are obsessed with Donald Trump.
1: Right. I'm not, um, I, I haven't had a chance to read through this article, although I have looked at the, the charts on it and had read it, uh, you know, a little bit of it earlier. I wasn't expecting to talk about this. Uh, realclearpolitics.com. Kelev Litaru reporting CNN and NSNBC still mention Trump more than Biden. Who's receiving more attention on television since the inauguration? President Biden or former President Donald Trump? The graph below shows the total mentions of President Biden across CNN, MSNBC, Fox News, and BBC News London since Biden's inauguration day. Fox News has mentioned him the most. Even, uh, even BBC News London has mentioned him nearly a third as often as MS, uh, CNN and MSNBC. And so it's Fox News that's mentioned Biden more than anybody for what that's worth. In contrast, the graph below are they
0: mentioning Biden in a nice
1: way? Well, it doesn't. It doesn't say that. That's not what it's addressing. It's just saying it. Okay. Um, In contrast, the graph below shows the Fox News has covered former President Donald Trump far less than CNN or MSNBC. Look closely, and you'll notice that CNN and MSNBC actually have mentioned Trump more than Biden. The graph below compares two presidents since uh, the two presidents since Biden's inauguration. Since Biden's inauguration. Comparing mentions of Biden against Trump. Oh, they made Trump orange and Biden blue. (laughs) On MSNBC, President Trump has received 129% on MSNBC. Former President Trump has received 129% of the coverage that President Biden, followed closely by CNN's 118%. That's since Biden's inauguration. So, so they're covering him a little over 25%
0: more than they are Joe Biden.
1: Now, I don't know what uh, Fox was doing post-Obama in 2016 about this time. But, I mean, it's – and I'm sure we uh, would have called them pathetic when they, when we did. But, I mean, this well, is Well, we sort of pathetic. have an
0: idea based on what Fox News is doing with Joe Biden. I mean, Fox News was talking about Joe Biden. I don't think – I don't think that Fox beat the Barack Obama is bad dead horse after Obama left office.
1: I don't know, but I wouldn't doubt it at all. I, I got to say that these, these ones that take sides, and I used to think of CNN as what, the one that didn't take sides. I do not think that anymore. No, they're, they're hard left. Um, but these ones that don't take sides, uh, or that do take sides, they definitely want to talk about the one that they hate more than the one that they like. And that's curious. It's not curious if, like, once you know it, then you understand what they're doing. They're, you know, they're creating factions. Um, you know, if, if your guy, if your guy isn't so great, you don't talk about him. You talk about the other guy. And that's the, the truth. The guy who would be irrelevant if you stopped talking about him.
0: What, what relevance does Trump have to the world today? Well, a lot of
1: people hate him. That's the relevance. That's not, that's not relevance, though. It's relevance if they're if you're looking for ratings. Uh, it's not relevant if you're looking to, I don't know, produce journalism and news. It's easy just to forget about Donald Trump and never let him occupy another moment of my brain. This is why I like libertarianism because we care about, you know, like the the issue as opposed to the person. Yeah. You know, libertarians are almost never going to get out there and pound the drum of the libertarian. And if a libertarian's bad on an issue, that will tell you that they are bad on an issue. They're not libertarian on an issue. So it's well. Every libertarian I've ever met is the only real libertarian. <laughs> right, indeed. Was, but when it comes to the Democrats and the Republicans, if you have a conversation and you've had these conversations with people in your life, they they want to talk about how bad the other guy is. And they want you to ignore how bad their guy is, and that's the conversation the whole way through. Yeah, that's pretty much my experience with people. And if you get tired of the conversation, just tell them you don't vote from a principled standpoint, and they leave you alone immediately. Really? Yeah, I just, just don't care anymore. Boop. Well, I guess not because I've... you because not voting isn't a solution to anything. Not voters, <laughs> you know. Um, it's the only thing it's a solution to is having conversations about voting. You're a non-voter, right? I am. A, I'll vote any opportunity I get, but I cannot vote in the presidential election because I'm a resident of the U.S. Marianas. Ah, okay. So um, when that— But that's
0: a new development. Did you vote in the presidential election in
1: 2016? Yes. Okay. What was the libertarian in that one? Uh, I was
0: don't it like Gary know. Johnson?
1: Probably. Yeah, I voted for Gary Johnson okay. both times. I, I could
0: not bring myself to vote for Gary Johnson. Not that it would have mattered, but I just did not approve of him or his positions. But I wanted John McAfee, you know. Well, um,
1: I, for me, you should. For me, I prefer the notion of voting over not uh, not voting for myself. Um, if you don't want to vote yourself, then fine. I, I, I don't care because nobody cares what somebody who doesn't vote thinks. Um, so I don't know. The vast majority of Americans are non voters, aren't they? Is it what well, well, not, not in the Trump ele- not in the Trump election when everybody got to stay home yeah I guess so when Trump stacked the deck against himself by uh, you know keeping everybody home but most Americans don't vote is that correct there um, are we talking about in a presidential election or just sort of generally or what what's the question just sort of in general so in local elections especially if those local elections are held separately from a national election, you will um, get a lot of people who, like ninety percent of people, don't vote, and sometimes okay. it's higher than that.
0: Well, it's hard to care about a local election for most people because of this hatred, this factionizing
1: that we have. Sure, but the local election's the important one where you're actually dealing with issues that are going to deal that you're going to deal with. I mean, like and you can actually affect the outcome. Most of theory. the tyranny that you're going to deal with in life um, is not going to come from the United States federal government, so. Uh, I mean, you know, there's a little bit here and there. I've, I've had to deal with some stuff. Um, you know, Trump uh, getting rid of the Obama tax thing, uh, the the Obama Care cost the and thing care Act was fine. good for yeah. me, and bad for me was when he stopped cruise ships and uh, traveled to Cuba because I had a cruise actually planned to uh, Cuba with the the folks from Freedom Fest. What are your thoughts? Do you vote in local elections or only
0: presidential elections? Two zero two three eight zero three six nine nine.
2: After a devastating war, the alien visitors were driven back and their willing human collaborators were left behind to face the music. When Emma Jean Anderson's ex-lover springs her from prison, Nathan Foster and his 14-year-old nephew Ben are tasked with bringing the pair to justice. An easy enough job until they discover something is inside Emma Jean and the fate of the planet hangs in the balance. The Family Business by Mike Coopery from BaneBooks.com.
0: two three eight zero three six nine nine That's the new number. You're welcome to call in, join the show, and talk about whatever is on your mind. Two zero two three eight zero three six nine nine. With you tonight is Aria and Mark. Just sorta of making fun of MSNBC at the moment because they are obsessed with Donald Trump, despite the fact that he left office more than almost six months ago. And it's not surprising because Obama spent the better part of eight years talking about george w bush and if i recall correctly george w bush spent the better part of eight years talking about well
1: no he mostly just talked about wmds and the war on terror didn't he i i don't like you know i mean a few times i remember obama mentioning uh the former administration and things like that but um you know really i seem to recall it
0: happening a lot
1: but i could be wrong Anyway, let's go to the phones. We've got David calling
0: from Michigan. David, you're on Free Talk Live.
1: Hey, what's happening, guys? So,
0: Aria and Mark, um, thank you so much for bringing back the Mark Ian aesthetic. You guys emulate (laughs) it perfectly, so
1: I appreciate it.
0: Yeah, I've I've uh, said
1: more than once that is Ian in a dress. I don't know
0: how to feel about that, Mark.
1: Yeah, well, that's a little mean, but I it's it's. Funny. Well, I'm not I a nice guy. I mean, I, I didn't I, <laughs> I didn't get here by being nice, David.
0: Right on, right on. And Aria, <laughs>
1: there's no uh, kitty cam tonight.
0: Uh, that's because there there actually is now. I just turned it on. The cat wasn't in my lap, so is she is she in there now? Um, yeah. The... Otherwise, it's just pointing at my lap, and it's kind of Arya's poor awkward.
1: cat is having issues right now. She's, uh, I believe, in heat, going, going into heat, or going out of heat. And uh, boy, does she need some attention. <laughs> well, she always uh-huh. needs attention. That's not new. Well, she jumped up in my lap, which is new. It's the first time well, that's ever I happened.
0: Have, I have the stream up on the TV, and my kitties love seeing Arya's kitties. So there's that. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, that's awesome. She's a sweet, sweet animal.
0: Well, thank you so much for the call tonight, David. Uh, I guess I'm happy to know that. I mean, I consider Ian to be, you know, the pinnacle of doing talk radio. So if we can emulate the dynamic between you and Ian, I, I consider that a compliment.
1: I think it's what made Free Talk Live what it is. Is people, um, you know, people when when any other show out there, the host is such an arrogant, impossible individual. Like you, uh, well, I, I I don't think I am that, but that's fine. Um, it, well, you are very arrogant. You you call arrogant yourself... people never imagine for a second <laughs> that they're actually arrogant. Okay, but um, let's move on from that particular topic. <laughs> it may or may not be true. You're like pretend arrogant. I, right? I I I don't know. I I think that I am I am vain, but I know that I'm vain, and so therefore I can. You're to know, work within a world with understanding that. I'll give you that. You're vain, not arrogant. Okay. And, and so, but I mean, you know, these, these talk show hosts, they don't want to hear anything that sounds like somebody disagreeing with them. And Free Talk Live brings to the airwaves disagreement. Sure. And even when we agree on a lot of topics, and you can bring up anything on Free Talk Live, and the number is... Two zero two three eight zero three six nine nine, and it's going to take me a really long time to memorize that. Yeah, it's not going to be anytime soon for me either. The and, and who knows how long we're going to have that number. So you know, yeah. whatever the case may be, but uh, yeah, I mean, that's we we just have a different dynamic. Ian and I managed to. I said I made a living disagreeing with Ian, and <laughs> you know, you and I have that have a similar chemistry. I think you're really sort of stepping into it. Um we had a we there was a conversation a couple of few weeks ago with the co-host where I'm like y'all need to disagree more. Sure. And um like you know I gave everybody license to disagree with me where I don't know that I have done that recently. Of course anybody can disagree with me. My opinion isn't right on everything. I mean what kind of insane megalomaniacal idiot would believe that they're right about everything. I simply have opinions, and those opinions need to be challenged in order for us to determine whether those opinions are right or wrong. And I don't stick to an opinion just because I came up with an opinion. I stick to an opinion because I'm kind of rigid in my thinking. I'll try a new thing, a new idea out, and... It takes me a little while to try the next one and the next one and the next one. I'm not that fluid. I'm significantly more fluid than, say, most people who do my line of work. But um, you know, I, I, I'm not gonna. I'm not likely to change my opinion in an evening. There have been a few times. Most recently, I can recall Starchild, uh, one of our our listener from San Francisco, a listener from San Francisco, um, calling in and and challenging me on something. I'm like, that's right, and. You know, in an instant, yeah. change my opinion, but it doesn't happen a lot
0: no but, but I mean you you asked who believes that they're right all the time, and I just want to point out that believing yourself to be right all the time prevents you from ever learning anything yeah, because can. in order to learn something, you have to admit that you're wrong or you don't know something.
1: Someone who believes they know everything has shut off their capacity to learn. People and ask that's me, dangerous people ask me to participate in debates. All the time. And I'm like, I don't want to participate in debate. A debate suggests that I am right on a subject and that I will not change my opinion. But if the person in the debate presents information to me that, uh, you know, that I to, to which I don't have an answer is the first step in changing my mind. Sure. And then sort of the second step is, is uh, you know, well, making a good argument for your case and, and that sort of thing. Yeah, I want to be able to change my mind on a particular topic. Well, you can still do that during a debate. You would just sort of concede the debate. You could. Sure. But I don't like the term. I don't participate in debates. I participate in discussions. That's a better term, I think. And I want to discuss the topic, whatever the topic might be. In this case, um, are CNN and MSNBC just obsessed with Trump for the purpose of getting more ratings and fanning the flames of the hatred of their, uh, you know, mind-numbed adherents? Look, I understand if you don't like Trump. He wasn't my favorite president either. And I understand if you don't like Biden. You know, out of all of the presidents
0: that have been, that have been president in my lifetime, I have to say, honestly, I think Trump probably was my favorite. Really? He's the only one that didn't start a new war. Um, and if for that it reason. It seems like he was trying with Iran. But he didn't start He didn't. It. The, and I mean, they've been trying with Iran for such a very long time, going all the way back
1: to, you know, George W. Bush. The number one thing I liked about Donald Trump, and I'm I'm willing to say this all the time, is this, I can't remember exactly, but it was like a response. To, he, he was going to respond to Iran's response to the killing of the general or something like that. And he said, no, I think it was the Iran bothering the, the ship out in the uh, Persian Gulf. And he said, well, they told me that they're going to kill like 127 people. And so I called off the attack. And Trump said that. Yeah, he said that. Okay. And it was soldiers in all likelihood, but sure. they're still people, you know. And in many cases, soldiers are doing a job because you know they needed school, they need uh, money, they need whatever it is that they're they're doing. And the idea of just wiping these people's lives out as though they're meaningless—the vast majority of these sociopathic crazies in Washington D.C. The now, ones who could perpetually fund the war machine the ones that these the, the, that people were so crazy to put back in office my god we've got to get these politicians back in office you know what we need we need a career sociopath to deal with donald <laughs> trump and and admittedly donald trump is i i mean i could this guy intended to divide america so he got himself some division no doubt i don't particularly care that he didn't make it back in office but i I, th- I feel like... I don't know that Trump intended
0: to divide America. Oh, yeah? I, I think he just expressed his opinions,
1: and his opinions had that result. He switched from being a Democrat to being a Republican because he believed Republicans were more pliable um, from a political standpoint. I think well, he, he was absolutely certainly right. intended to do that. But how is that dividing America? That's just exploiting the ignorance of Republicans. Well, that's... I did that. It, 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 and it's been... Well, that's... And that's what you did, right? Like you divided Republicans, you divided the county when you ran for sheriff. Um, there's no doubt. I mean, people have an opinion on Aria de Mezzo, and for better or for worse. That was a lot of fun, too. Yeah. I don't regret anything about it. 202
0: 380 3699. If you want to join the discussion here, that's 202 380 3699. More coming up. Mark has a story about how TikTok is spying and collecting biome- biometric data. It's Free Talk Live. <laughs> It is free talk live two zero two three eight zero three six nine nine. If you want to join the discussions, it's two zero two three eight zero three six nine nine. With you in the studio tonight, it's Aria and Mark. And someone got swallowed by a humpback whale.
1: That is correct.
0: I I saw this and I assumed it was a Babylon Bee or Onion article, and yeah. I just kept going.
1: Someone actually got swallowed by a well, though. Yeah, um, somebody's silly enough to be in the water off of Cape Cod, uh, Massachusetts. Lo- Wells commonly swallow people. No. Okay. There's the uh, Jonah story. Well, but yes, but that's it doesn't part actually of a- claim because because people of that age didn't know that whales were uh, mammals. They uh, you know called it a giant fish or something. Yeah, and, and who knows? Sure. Who, I mean, well, I mean, I tend
0: to assume that. All of these stories in the Bible are, you know, fiction.
1: That's what I'm assuming, too. But it's the only thing I've got. You asked about whales swallowing people. That's what I got for you. Okay, but this actually happened. Yes. A veteran Cape Cod, Massachusetts lobster diver is home from the hospital after he says he was swallowed by a humpback whale off the coast of Provincetown while headed to Nineveh. Absolutely crazy. That's, a, that's but, a Bible joke. Oh, is it? Yeah. Is that actually
0: in the article or you no? Just, okay, that's unfortunate. That, was, that would have been great at that early was in the Friday morning. Yeah. Um, well, before we get into it, let's go to the phones. We got Tom okay. calling from New Hampshire. Tom, you're on Free Talk Live.
2: When you talk about the non-aggression principle, a question arises as to what is aggression, and I want to bring up something that happened in Trenton, New Jersey, on Thursday morning. 26 December 1776, when some uh, garrison of Hessian soldiers were just all they were doing was sleeping off their hangovers. They were totally peaceful at the time, and George Washington and his men went over there and attacked them, and ambushed them, and clobbered them, and it was a rout in favor of George Washington and his men. And That's not a violation of the non-aggression principle, even though some of the Hessian soldiers may have been drafted. And they were members of the armed forces of a hostile government that was on a mission to continue aggressions that were enumerated a few months earlier in the Declaration of Independence. And
0: I would have nowadays, to disagree, Tom. I think that that would qualify as aggression because yeah, that sounds like aggression to me. the Hessians or whatever you said they were, were not currently engaged in the act of aggression. If we, We're assuming that they intended to aggress against people in the future, but until they actually did that, it's aggression.
2: Uh, that's one way to look at it, I suppose. I don't agree with that one. But nowadays, the FBI would be all over George Washington and his men, For what they did, not only the attack on the garrison, but conspiracy to commit the attack. And oh, they committed one of the most serious, most despicable, most wicked crimes that there is. And if you happen to find a New Jersey state quarter in your pocket, you take a look at the back of it, you'll see that crime glorified on the United States money because they crossed a state line to get there. Now, speaking of the FBI, I got a knock at the door on 3 August of 2017, and it was none other than Federal Bureau of Investigation goon Mark A. Hastabaca giving me a lecture about federal law about uh, criminal threatening and showing me a letter, copy of a letter that I sent to a member of the New York legislature uh, putting the blood of a slain cop on the hands of... Lawmakers who were soft on police brutality, or, or as the Declaration of Independence calls it, quote, for protecting them by a mock trial from punishment for any murders which they should commit on the inhabitants of these states. Uh, one of the members that got that letter was so furious that they called the FBI, which means that I'm onto something here. Uh, you know, the power of putting th- that approach, putting the blood of the slain cops on the hands. Of lawmakers who voted for the provocation. You know what I'm saying?
0: I don't know that getting visited by the FBI necessarily counts as a victory, but it's. Oh, Ian would call it that. No, you're not. If you're not taking
1: flack, you're not over yeah. the target. Well, there are no, ways no. to catch flack without being shot directly, right? Yeah. Uh, now, uh, the uh, FBI yeah. showing at your it door. It sounds is- very much like if you're not uh, in jail being sodomized at this moment, <laughs> you are not a sufficient activist. That's what it sounds like to me.
2: Now, anyway, uh, I also suspect that what they were trying to do was showing me this letter and... Uh, I'm supposed to be scared and embarrassed and humiliated, and then mess up. Where some people mess up is they lie to the FBI and say, "I." No, didn't no, you send messed up when you talked to
0: the FBI. Just I, so you uh, know. I
2: tend to agree. Yeah, never,
0: yeah. never talk to the FBI.
2: Oh, I, I. Some of them say, "I never sent this letter that has my return address and my signature." No, that's letter. a bad idea. Yeah, and, and so that—that's a bad idea. So maybe that's what they were doing. But the one thing that. Uh, free talk live hosts might consider doing when it, things happen. Let's say somebody who lost their job because of a recession and then they they can't find a job because of the recession and then they uh, they get their eviction notice and they're at their wit's end, his wife leaves them because he doesn't have a job, so he goes out and punishes the government. Some people, a lot, there's a lot of people that need to be uh, enlightened that the solution isn't throwing more stolen money at subsidized housing and busy work jobs programs. The solution is to remove the zoning restrictions and the government mandates like health insurance. They keep driving up the cost of health insurance that's mandatory if somebody wants to hire you. And eliminating some of these things is the solution, not throwing – because a lot of people just aren't enlightened yet. So that's where I think the Free Talk Live uh, hosts and listeners can be very helpful in uh, guiding this country toward liberty. Uh, but be cool. sure to put um, the blood.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Thank. Thank you so much for the call tonight, Tom. I'm not sure how someone losing their job and then proceeding to write a bunch of letters to representatives and stuff is really going to help them any. I, I would think that someone who's who loses their job, their wife leaves them, they lose their house, they get the eviction notice, or whatever, all the other stuff that you said, their time would be best served looking for a new job rather than you know
1: mailing senators that does sound like a better idea to me but um he is correct that jurisdictions matter regulation matters laws matter i mean all you have to do is look at the difference between hong kong and mainland china or shenzhen which uh, was set up uh, next to hong kong to basically uh uh, benefit from that is all you have to do is look at these uh, historically and see the difference is this that Uh, You know, laws matter.
0: Well, yeah, they matter because people with guns enforce them. But if it wasn't for that, they wouldn't
1: matter. Yeah, I mean, even if laws aren't terribly well enforced, the very existence of them stifles growth. I mean, you know, there's plenty of banana republics out there with a bunch of crappy laws that are very rarely enforced. If if, uh, you know, if if they are, they're selective and all that sort of thing. Um, But those places can't get any money because. businesses that want to set up, like real businesses with real money. I'm not talking about middle-class people trying to make a living here. I'm talking about the moneyed interests of the world. They won't set up there because they don't think they can keep their stuff, uh, keep their their investment. Would you set up an oil mining business in Venezuela? No. That's right. And it won't happen for decades because Maduro and then uh, Chavez before him – Nationalized these uh, these projects, and did right. that help the people of Venezuela? Well, no, clearly not. They're drinking, you know, sewage water, and the Bolivar is circling the drain. That's because socialism kills, quite literally. Um, and I'm not talking about Bernie Sanders' democratic socialism. Well, no. that kills people too. It just takes it a little while longer to I, get to that point. I don't think that the I don't think that the thing they call democratic socialism is socialism at all. No, it's closer to fascism. I think it's it's just modern. It's a modern mixed economy uh, that leans a little more towards the left than the right. I mean, I don't have good terminology for it because there isn't good terminology for it because the democratic socialists hate no one more than the social democrats. Um, you know, like they just they, they they fight and fight and fight over these terms when these terms should be like Nazi, Stalin, the guy who, de- who right. defeated Hitler, killed more people, was responsible for the death of more people. ...than Hitler could have ever imagined. But we have Holocaust museums all over the world. We have nothing, no museums about the ills of socialism. So the young people of today are like, socialism sounds pretty good because somebody said it was good and uh, my my teacher said it was good. Like, they don't even know what it is. Socialism is state ownership of the means of production. It has a definition. Yes, and
0: it's consistently led to death and starvation every single time it's been tried. What are your thoughts? 202-380-3699. It's Free Talk
3: Live. Breaking weather news. Belize is sunny and around 82 degrees every day this week.
4: What's the forecast for your life? If current politics and economic prospects are cramping your freedom, escape to the tropics. ECI Development has affordable second homes for you to own or rent in Belize and other tropical countries. Places with stable governments and growing economies. Secure your freedom now. To find out more, send it. An email to ftl at ecidevelopment.com.
0: It's Free Talk Live, talk radio that you control. 202 380 If you want to join the discussion, that's 202 380 3699. Got sidetracked a bit and started talking about how much socialism sucks. And, you know, I have to offer the same. Uh, I don't know what the word is that I'm looking for, but, you know, socialism and communism and all of these other isms in theory could work i I want to be clear about that i don't hate the idea of socialism i mean sure if you want to get a bunch of socialists together or communists and have and have your socialist or communist society there is no reason that couldn't actually work and produce a very strong very valuable society it's just not likely and seeing it implemented has consistently led to death
1: i don 't recall ever any reading any articles about anyone fleeing the horrors of the free market well, um, some would tell you that they they have, but uh, nonetheless the uh, there are those that would blame every problem in existence on capitalism they don 't know what capitalism is don't have a good definition for it, and that's fine um, I would say the uh, the definition of communism is communal ownership of pretty much everything, maybe with the exception of some personal property or, or something like personal effects or something right. like that, but basically communal ownership of property, period. And um,
0: Well, the situation that we're in is essentially already socialist. You're allowed to own things that don't produce, right? The, the few things that you're allowed to own that produce
1: are things like your vehicle, which is heavily regulated, heavily restricted, I don't know that you own your vehicle. If you have to pay every year, yeah. especially in some states where you pay based on the value of the vehicle. Here in New Hampshire, if you have a a Tesla, you're going to pay a lot for your registration every year versus if you have a 1986 Toyota uh, Corolla. Um, right. Whereas in Florida, it didn't make a difference. You It was one set price for any kind of car from Rolls-Royce to Daihatsu it uh, didn't make the the least bit of difference okay so I'd say that if they choose I mean admittedly you're choosing to drive on their road and you're choosing where you live and some things like that so there are some choices in it but do you really own a vehicle that you have to pay based on its value every year? Fair point. I mean, I would offer the same criticism
0: about property taxes and stuff like that. You don't really, I mean, you're renting, even if you own your home outright, you're renting it from the government and they can evict you at any time if you don't pay your yearly rent.
1: That's right. Called property tax. You have a higher own, um, a higher level of uh, renter status as a uh, property owner. But the ultimate owner is the government, the
0: state. And that's true of, you know, pretty much everything that produces. You're allowed to own things that don't produce. You're allowed to own toothpaste and soap and deodorant and all of these other things and you know, maybe maybe even a computer or so. But you can in, produce with computers. But if you want to actually have a factory or do yep. something that requires, you know, employees to produce, you know, materials, a good for people to consume, you're heavily regulated by the government who has to license you and regulate you and can shut you down at any time.
1: Well, because so- they're ultimately The owners. The uh, governments throughout time have claimed two things. They've claimed the ownership of all the land within their given, you know, polygon on the map. Yeah. And they've claimed the ownership of the people within that polygon. Now, that ownership throughout time has become less and less, right? Like, I call what we have free range serfdom. Because you can pick where you live so long as you ask permission. If you want to go outside of the United States Polygon, you have to ask permission. And that wasn't the case in you know medieval feudal, feudalism, where you, the you, lord that you worked
0: for was the lord that you worked for, and you couldn't just go and work for a different lord. Not very easily. You, you had probably, to get your current lord's permission.
1: Yeah. I mean, traveling from town to town was not nearly as common as it is today. Uh, it was often done by minstrels and people like that. They just didn't care. Well, merchants. Yeah, merchants and stuff like that. Well, I'm referring more to the, to the laborer. To the serf. Right. Yeah. But the average serf is like you know wouldn't want to go work for that other lord because this is his town this is where he grew up this is you know where his family is and and that sort of thing, uh, but it's true. So uh, um, you know one of the the distinction I like to make is between statism and socialism. So socialism I defined earlier as state ownership of the means of production, but that has a meaning that is a little uh, unclear. So it's when the government tries to run things like electric companies or Um, fire departments or, uh, you know, uh, something uh, like an oil drilling company. I mean, this has worked very badly. Every time the government gets into something, they can take a profitable business and very quickly turn it into a huge money sink. And it's amazing to watch.
0: It is. And this is why I would argue that what we have in the United States is actually closer to fascism, which would be state control
1: of the means of production through puppeteer corporations I dis- I dislike the term fascism simply because it is uh, it has so much... Baggage. The people simply can't define it, and right, you could define it because you'll come up with the Mussolini definition. You'll say Mussolini had a definition for fascism, and it was you know a marriage between the corporate and the the, the state, and you know blah 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 blah. Right? And I don't have it in front of me. Well, he was the one who. I mean, it's essentially that. He was the one who invented fascism. So I would no, think- fascism was invented in the United States by Woodrow Wilson and his ilk. Um, I mean, sorry, the United States uh, I mean, has a long lineage wrong. of
0: fascism. You're not wrong, but we didn't – I mean it started in World War I prior to the rise of Mussolini. You're absolutely right when the industrialization, the mobilization, all of these these corporate heads started meeting in back rooms and working close with government to yeah. figure out, hey, this is how we're going to mobilize all of these industries to work for the government. But we're not really going to let people know that we're government employees and that we're doing this at your behest for your benefit. And it's just sort of escalated during World War II, and then it carried on, and, and- now we're in this position where you can't even –
1: buy a freaking toilet without it being subject to 8000 different regulations. The uh, the, the the point that I would like to make is, is that the fascism is a loaded term. And I'm not saying you're incorrect. I'm saying that we need to use terms that people can access. And so a term like say mercantilist or something like that which might be a corporatism? little corporatism Corporatism is the term I like to use because corporatism sort of, you know, corporate, corporations, a term that everybody can agree corporations do not take responsibility for their actions the way that they should and that the people at the top well, of the No because the government's running guard for them so they don't have to. Yes. Because it's fascism. And that's why we call it corporatism because it doesn't have the sort of uh, Nazi goose stepping we hate black people kind of uh, sh- you know, shebang to it that uh, fascism has or uh, Jews and I don't know everybody else. Uh, but don't don't, I, don't forget to throw in the gypsies and the Jehovah's witnesses. But it
0: absolutely does have that. We talked about it last night with the with the hatred for the straight cis White male coming from the liberals and the the hatred of the Hispanic immigrants coming from the
1: conservatives. I uh, okay, so yes, there is a modern. uh, So politics is about dividing people, and don't you forget it, ladies and gentlemen. Politicians have no power if you don't hate somebody, because that's that. You know, you think about the person you dislike the most, the the group that you dislike the most, and the politician that you like the most. Like, dislikes that group of people the most this is where the solution to all of these problems is to simply love one another that's it's a great way right Lo- one love and uh, uh what i love about bob marley I- i'm really not that big of a fan of his music but what i love about him is is that he had the belief that he could create world peace with simply the creation of music and if you believe that what you're doing has that kind of huge global effect you will work in that way. I come to work with the belief that I can create a more harmonious and more peaceful and more loving world every single day. Now, do I forget it when I'm on the air? You better believe I do. There's no doubt about it. <laughs> well, no one's perfect. But I but I try to say these this mantra to myself that I can create this every single time because I'm inspired by Bob Marley. But anyway, let me go on. Uh, well, that's
0: what we do here on Free Talk Live consistently is spread the ideas of peace, love, liberty, and forgiveness. I certainly try to. But I, I can't would, say that I – That would I... solve all of the problems in the world if people just perpetually operated from those positions of, hey, instead of hating one another, let's love one another. Instead of holding grudges, let's forgive one another. Just these simple little tiny steps that take almost no effort could have world peace tomorrow.
1: Well, it's, it's a lofty goal. All people, ha-
0: all people have to do is love one another. Love is the way to the way to start, yes. 202-380-3699. More coming up. This is Free Talk Live. It's Free Talk Live. Two zero two three eight zero three six nine nine if you want to join the discussion. Someone got swallowed by a well while swimming off the coast of somewhere I don't know exactly where because I wasn't Cape Cod. God Cape that's Massachusetts, it right? It sure is, yeah. Not far from here then. Now you said they were stupid for swimming out there. It why? It's cold. Okay. Um I mean It is cold. I you know, recently uh, my Google Photos thing was like, hey, remember a year ago when you went to the the Hampton Beach here in New Hampshire? I was like, yeah, it was freezing cold. It wasn't freezing cold, but it was like 50 degrees. It was wet. and It was not, not so a, great. Yeah. Not a pleasant experience. I, I can't imagine the beaches here in the Northeast are really welcoming and inviting, except maybe in late July or early August. But yeah, anyone swimming right
1: now is... um Kind of crazy, in my opinion. This guy likely had on some kind of outfit. uh, Let me read the story here. Uh, A veteran Cape Cod, Massachusetts lobster diver is home from the hospital after he says he was swallowed by a humpback whale off the coast of Provincetown early Friday morning. Michael Packard says his vessel was positioned off Herring Cove Beach, surrounded by a fleet of fishing boats. The 56-year-old well-fleet man plucks lobsters off the bottom of the ocean floor. He told the Cape Cod Times he was about 35 feet down when he was swallowed by a humpback whale. I thought there's no way I'm going to get out of this with sheer uh, with with sheer brute. I guess that's the way he talks. It's either he's going to let me go or this is where I'm going to die. And I really thought this is where I'm going to die. I,
0: well, I would imagine. So if you get swallowed by a whale, what else could go through your head?
1: All I could think of was my sons, my wife, and my mom, and I thought it was just over. And that sounds legitimately like what you think of when you are dying. Packard uh, estimates— I don't know what
0: I would think about if swallowed by a
1: freaking well. I don't know. Uh, I just love hearing you say, well. Well? Well. Why? Cause you, because you—because it's whale. That's why. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I'm from Mississippi, Mark. I don't. I try. I don't know what the, you know, the accent is uh, separate. I don't know. I mean, I've heard other people, but I know they were all from Mississippi that, that do the, uh, you know, well, Kel, Del kind of sound to it. So I'm saying it well? Well. You're, you're saying well as in a place that you, uh, from which you draw water. Okay. And it's versus whale. whale yeah. Which is, uh, you know, a large mammal that swims in the water.
0: I've never given, the, given it any thought whatsoever. I know. I hear you. Yeah.
1: That's how accents are. Yeah. <laughs> it's just the way you are. All I of don't sudden, pronounce ale like L, you know? So why would I... Ale pronounce? is in... Uh, L like, is in the, the drink. The drink, yeah. yeah. You don't say L? No. No? No. Okay. Say ale. Ale. Okay. It's close, though. I guess. Yeah. But if you put a W in front of that, that would still be <laughs> whale. Yeah. Yeah. All of a sudden, I saw light and white water everywhere. And all of a sudden, I was thrown from his mouth, Packard says. I was, he was shaking his head, trying to eject me out of his mouth.
0: So well, was he actually swallowed by a whale or was he just like in the mouth of
1: one? In the mouth of a whale. I don't think that you could even go down the throat of a, a humpback whale because of the baleen. Uh, the what now? Baleen. Uh, it's, it's a bone, uh, a thin bone filter. They just make combs out of it if it tells you how thin it is. Okay. Uh, The thin bone filter that they use to get the krill, (laughs) Um, as opposed to filtering out bigger things that they might get up in their mouths. Okay. So, anyway, last thing I saw was his tail going down, and here I was lying on the surface, Packard says. Wouldn't you think someone who was a professional lobster
0: catcher or whatever it is that he does would know that it probably wasn't possible for the
1: whale to swallow him? I don't think you're thinking that stuff at all. And, and he did <laughs> okay, essentially think point. that. He did essentially think that. You either, are in the mouth of a whale. Either he's going to spit me out of this is where I'm going to die, and that is an accurate assessment of what was going on. He wasn't going to die uh, 18 feet down the, the whale's throat. He was going to die right there in its mouth, caught in the baleen. Um, oh, okay. And so, no, I think he had a very accurate assessment of what was going on. Okay. And, you know, if the whale didn't get him out of the mouth there's a lot of panic and i don't know what his equipment was or how long he was you know had like maybe he had some diving equipment and he could have uh, stayed down there for another 20 minutes or maybe he had a mouth a lung full of breath which i imagine your heart starts beating a little faster you're going to use up i would imagine so Let's see. Packard says his boatmate, who the Cape Cod Times identifies as Joshua Mayo, says the ejection from the whale, uh, saw the ejection from the whale, but did not see the humpback swallow him. I don't need, to, like if you come out of the mouth of a whale, I'm just going to presume that you went into the mouth of a whale. Yes.
0: And it's not swallow, I think that's a
1: fair assessment. Good enough. They saw the ejection when the whale came up and threw me out. Packard says uh, Mayo helped him out of the water. Called to the shore on the radio and headed in. He was taken to an area hospital but suffered few injuries, mainly soft tissue damage. Aren't whales fairly smart? Yeah.
0: I wonder if the whales simply thought he was drowning and was like, hey, I'm going to take you back up to the surface. <laughs> I got your back, bud. <laughs> It's possible. I'm not going to – yeah. I, I I mean, that's something that a dolphin would do if a dolphin had the capacity, but dolphins are also
1: smarter than whales, I believe. Uh, dolphin is a whale. Um. I would. So, what I have heard from divers, and mind you, I prefer to be in the water with things smaller than me, not larger. Sure. Uh, but uh, what I've heard is is that whales will nudge you and move you and get between you and a problem and that kind of thing. So, it's quite possible a whale just thought it was just skimming for krill. They open. If you ever get a chance to see uh, a baleen whale, a whale that you know skims for krill, their mouths are gigantic. And it, it could happen. I mean, if, if there's enough people in the water, enough whales in the water, similar later, somebody ends up in the mouth of a whale. And so I tend to think that this was accidental on the part of the whale. And that's yeah. why he was like, sh- sort of shaking him out. But it could be. I like the, I like the story. It could be. Anyway, the, uh, Jake, joke, juke. Robbins, director of the Humpback Whale Studies at the Center for Coastal Studies in Provincetown, said it appeared to be a mistake and accident in part of the part of the whale. It's not something I have uh, heard happening before. So many things would have to have uh, happened to end up in the path of a feeding whale. The Center's Humpback Whale Studies program is home to a long-term study of humpbacks off Cape Cod and uh, the greater Gulf of Maine. Robbins directs the research, which is one of the most detailed whale studies in the world. Robin suspects it was juvenile humpback whale feeding on sand lance. I don't know what sand lance is. The- well, it certainly can't be common. I mean, they are right about that.
0: This is the first story I've ever heard, ever heard Yeah. of a whale eating someone or, you know, having them in their mouths, however you wish to characterize it. It's not something I've heard of
1: before. Yeah. It says here that this is uh, describes better than what I was saying. The center says humpback whales spend their time seeking and engulfing small schooling fish. They lunge quickly. Open their mouths wide and use – when we're talking about whales, wide is a big wide. uh, Use baleen plates in their mouth to filter the water out before the fish are swallowed. If something lies directly in the path of a lunge feeding uh, feeding humpback whale, the whale might not always be able to detect it or avoid it in time, Robbins continued. For example, some entanglements in fishing gear begin this way and can threaten the life of the whale. Interactions between humpback whales and people are rare and thought to be accidental. From what we know of this event, it would have been a rare accident, Robbins noted.
0: Well, at least that means it's safe to swim in the ocean. You're not likely to get eaten by a whale, so that's good. Two zero two three eight zero three six nine nine. That's your new call-in line. Two zero two three eight zero three six nine nine. When we come back, we're going to talk about TikTok and how it's collecting biometric data on Americans. More coming up. It's free talk live.
1: Do you feel like your country no longer holds your values?
0: It's Free Talk Live, 202-380-3699. If you want to join the discussion, that's 202-380-3699. With you tonight, it's Aria. And Mark. And I've alluded to it a couple of times, but before we get into it, uh, never mind, it's just the Crypto 6 left to talk about tonight. And I don't feel like getting into that at the moment. The the TikTok story? I was going to look into the libraries, but the the only ones left tonight are the Crypto Six. So and I'm not gonna worry with it at the moment. Yeah, gotcha. So I've never used TikTok. I've seen some TikTok talk content that, you know, my sister has created or someone else has created. But I've never used it, I've never explored it, I've never tried to do anything with it. Because from what I can tell, it's just another create content creation tool when I'm already Have access to enough content creation tools. And sure, maybe, you know, I could reach more people on TikTok or whatever, but I just don't see any particular reason to do that instead of putting videos on
1: YouTube or Twitch or wherever. So I've never used it, but it's really popular. And they're usually shorter videos and, um, you know, say dancing or, you know, something like that. It doesn't have that uh, political rant feel to it, in my opinion.
0: I don't know. I've seen some videos that are fairly.
1: Oh, I've seen some political. Yeah, sure. sure,
0: I uh, yeah, just don't I think, think they get the the, the the platform as a whole. Yeah. is more about you know enjoying a, a three minute video or a thirty second video or whatever, right? And not getting into like a six minute political rant. Right, I would agree. But evidently, it's very popular. There was a thing last year where Donald Trump hinted he wanted to ban TikTok because it's owned by a Chinese company or something like that. Evidently, though. TikTok is collecting biometric data on people?
1: Right. A change to TikTok's U.S. privacy policy on Wednesday introduced a new section that says the social media, social video app may collect biometric identifiers and biometric information from users' content.
0: Why would you even turn on biometric functionality on your phone in the first place?
1: Well, um, maybe you don't have a choice. So if TikTok says, in this case, they're talking about face prints and voice prints. So if you make a TikTok video, you have authorized the app to use your camera. At that point, the app has the right to use your camera because you have authorized it, and um, therefore it can get your face anytime it wants to, um, and presumably your voice anytime it wants to. Or at the very least, when the app is open. In many cases, uh, the new thing is is that you authorize it when the app is open, yeah. which I don't know if that means open in the background or open being used immediately at this moment in time. But whatever the case may be, um, you know this is.
0: I. That's I, a good point. I hadn't considered that. I assumed you know it it would have to you would have to unlock these features on your phone. You know, turn on the thumb printing and all of that. But no, you're giving TikTok your voice
1: and your face just by using the app. Right. And as far as I'm concerned, if you give something, uh, to a Chinese company, you give it to the Chinese government. Because the Chinese, the Chinese government doesn't have relationships with the companies, uh, in its sphere of influence. The United States does with the companies in its sphere of influence. Not to say that Google's exactly going to go to bat for you or anything, but Apple has gone to bat for people, um, you know, gone to bat for their own security and these sorts of things. Well, they created a loophole that they didn't really talk about. And that? that allowed people
0: to think that Apple went to back for them. I assume you're referring to the whole FBI wanted Apple to decrypt something, and Apple was like, no, we're not doing that. Yes. Well, What they ended up doing was they don't encrypt the backups that your phone sends to the cloud. So those aren't encrypted. Your phone is encrypted, sure, but the backup is not. So the FBI can just access the backup and it's not encrypted. And this way Apple can say, oh, well, look, we still refuse to give the FBI your or the government your encrypted information, but they did give it to them. They just did it in a roundabout way, so they didn't have to tell people, "Oh yeah, hey,
1: we we turned that stuff over. You're screwed i let me ask you this: If a company came out and said, "We do security and encryption and these sorts of things," and there's two companies, all things are equal, okay between these co- two companies, except one of them is in the United States and one of them is in China. Do you have an opinion on that? Are either of them open source? Sure. Well, the one that's open source is going to get my business. Okay. So um, the uh, yeah, that's what I've heard when it comes to encryption. At least you need to be able to see the source code, as it were. I mean, it wouldn't be
0: any use to me because I, I cannot program anywhere near that level. But knowing that people who can program at that level have inspected it and checked it off presumably, yeah, it, yeah pre- that is a strong factor mm-hmm. for me okay that's one of the reasons I like Android because it is presumably open source and I know Google has some things locked away and all of that, but you can throw on lineage what's lineage lineage is an opera- is an operating system for Android phones it's a it's a fully unlocked... Rooting? Well, sort of. Okay. I mean, you have to have a rooted device in order to install a different operating system in general. Okay. But I haven't even bothered with that lately because it's a lot of trouble, and I, I just don't know that it's worth it,
1: you know? I don't know what's worth it when it comes to phones. Uh, to me, I just presume that, uh, you know, the device I'm using has is cracked um, in some way and that somebody may listen, but I, I also do try not to have any information that the government would want. Right. Not that that's always worked out for me, mind you.
0: Well, I know there was an issue with Signal recently, which I don't know if Signal is open source or not, but it's an encrypted I'm sure it chat is. platform. And evident- it's considered the best. It was making calls. It, it could be hacked to make calls without the, the uh, owner of the phone even being aware of it. Okay. So that was a major issue. That's for a major issue. Yeah. I mean, the FBI could just... Ring, Connect ring. to your phone at any time and listen to th- via signal to whatever you're saying. So it's a fair assumption to think that any digital device that you have that has a microphone is listening all the time,
1: and any camera is watching. I'm amazed all the time the the ads that I get from social media on my phone. Like they have to be listening to what I'm saying. They well, have to be picking out keywords. Your phone
0: certainly is, but um, well, the FBI, FP- not the FBI, uh, Facebook, and all of those certainly are, and they make no secret but you of it. repeat
1: yourself. What a, the FBI, Facebook, but you repeat yourself. Uh, well,
0: yes, but not to the average person, right? The average person doesn't consider them one of the same. But yeah, I've seen this to. where I will have a literal conversation with a friend about something and a few minutes later getting advertisements for that in Facebook. Yes. And that's
1: that's creepy. No, I'm talking it. about just having conversations in real life with real people and I get ads for things that I, I shouldn't be getting ads for unless it's listening. Mm, that's alarming. I, I'm just I, I think that's what's happening. I don't know that
0: I've ever experienced that. Okay. But I do know that if I say any say anything on any aspect of any part of my phone, if I say it text message or via email or whatever, I'm going to end up with a Facebook ad about that very thing. Like these these microphones in front of us. I'm constantly receiving advertisements for microphones from this brand. This is it, and I've there's I've never posted anything about these
1: microphones anywhere on Facebook. The strangest thing is is that when you order something on Amazon, they Amazon somehow believes you've just suddenly become a connoisseur and a collector of say microphones. Yes. Oh, no, no, <laughs> I just bought a microphone. I don't need to buy more microphones. They certainly do that. And it, it, I
0: don't remember what exactly it was that was so bizarre, but I bought something that, you know, you only have to buy one of these ever. ever. Yeah. And then you're good to go. I bought one and it's just, hey, you might like this similar item that's almost exactly what you just bought and that you can't possibly need. Try it instead. Yeah. I wish I could remember what it was, but yeah, it's it's bizarre how Amazon seems to think. I bought some speakers off of there and they decided I must be a multi-billionaire because they started promoting surround sound systems to me that were like $14,000, $15,000. Amazon, you've lost your mind. I don't know. I don't know what algorithm they have in place, but they need to fix it because yes, I have bought microphones off of Amazon. I don't need any more. There's no point in promoting them to me. 202-380-3699. Who else is listening? Maybe Amazon heard that and they're going to stop suggesting microphones. It's free talk live. (laughs) <laughs> it's Free Talk Live, 202 and Mark and I were just having a discussion,
1: and... The disagreement.
0: Yeah, it's just going to spill over to the air. We're talking about statues here. Right. And let Before we get into the discussion, disagreement we were having, let's talk about the Mona Lisa and okay. Jeff Bezos, so let's... Let's back up and explain right. to people how we I got will go to on with this TikTok story if
1: we have time um, in the future. But we're now going to a story where um, idiots on the internet have uh, FoxNews.com a petition urging Jeff Bezos to buy and eat the Mona Lisa gain steam. A petition urging billionaire Jeff Bezos to buy Leonardo da Vinci's Mona Lisa. And Eat It has gotten (laughs) hundreds of signatures. Nobody's eaten the Mona Lisa, and we feel Jeff Bezos needs to take a stand. None of this is capitalized, because it's written by an idiot who doesn't care. And make this happen. The joke petition, I'm glad somebody pointed that out, uh, went up a year ago on change.org and gained hundreds of signatures, uh, signers, Thursday reads. What the hell? Um, Gobbled Lisa, one signer wrote, uh, another joked, I feel like this is something society needs, Jeff, we need you to make this sacrifice for society. The Mona Lisa is owned by the French government, is on permanent display at the Louvre in uh, Louvre Museum in Paris.: So these are just bored people, yeah, who
0: are wasting time signing and creating stupid, silly online yeah. petitions. I, I can't imagine taking time out of my day to create such a stupid and useless petition. That even if it gained six... Or sign it. Yes, or even the to, to 10 seconds to sign it. Even if this gained six billion signatures, there's no chance of it ever happening. I mean, obviously it
1: is a joke, but it's a stupid joke, and there's no part of it that I think is funny. And I think that the part of, that disturbs me the most is, is this um, This makes acceptable... This is this is for the lulls, right? Um, this... Normalizes the behavior of destruction of art and culture and things good. And if all you can, if all you can make and be in the world is destruction, as far as I'm concerned, the world can do without you. Look, I get it. Young men tend to, and I presume young women, but I don't know. Young men tend to go through a phase where destruction is easier than creation. This is why we have a military and this is why it recruits, uh, young people. Uh, Sure. But, I mean... It, but destruction just takes away from what is there. Uh-huh. It doesn't help anything. It doesn't create anything. It's not... Right. It, it's it's just bad.
0: just destruction.
1: And uh, as far as I'm concerned, it needs to be weeded out as quickly and as thoroughly as possible.
0: Well, let's talk about... This is how we got into statues. I think we have to define different types of destruction because there's somewhat constructive destruction. You. Like melting down a bronze statue, you're destroying it, sure. But
1: you may use that. You may sell that bronze or use it for something more. Bronze useful. isn't that valuable. I mean, you can go buy. You can go into a local uh, uh, gift shop and buy little bronze trinkets for nearly nothing. Bronze is not valuable. Well, insert whatever metal you want. There is a way. But bronze is a common metal for statues. So I if you were melting that. down statues, the metal you're most likely to get. Is bronze, which isn't particularly valuable, it's most valuable well, in its state as a statue. I, I'm not sure it's providing any value in its. Well, can we talk about a statue rather than just the notion of statues? Because yes, Ro- because we got Rodin's this- The Thinker is in bronze, as is. Uh, you know, the, the Confederate, excuse me, the uh, Yankee soldier in Keene Central Square. And those mean entirely different things to people. Right. I, I would argue that statues of people who have lived, historical
0: right. figures, okay. is idolatry. And it should be condemned and these statues should be destroyed.
1: Idolatry would include worship. does it, yes. isn't a statue just to sort of remember what the person was about and uh, you know uh, continue on their lineage of what they were about? What is that if it's not worshiping them? I don't think it's I think it is not worshiping them. I think that it is in fact uh, remembering them and promoting well, their ideas. Well, one ideals. can do that without idolizing them. You one could do that without idol, uh, without putting, making a statue of them, sure. but making a statue of them is a great way for people to sort of ask the question. Have you ever gone through a park, wandered up on a statue of a person, and said, huh, I've never heard of this person before. I shall read about them. And then you read the little placard there next to the per- person's name, whoever it is, and you find out more than you knew before. Was it useful information or is it just stuff that you know now? Well, the, I don't – when people ask me that question, it's usually loaded. I've had people say it's not useful knowing all the state capitals. And it isn't useful necessarily to know it, but it is – it's a fact and I have all – at my I, – I, ac- I am able to do my job because I can access from my mind, at least sometimes, um, uh, you know, some facts that are interesting and promote conversation. So right. I would say yes, it is useful if there's a statue of a person and it promotes that idea. Uh, like for instance, there's a what if there was not Theod- st- there's a statue of Theodore Roosevelt outside the Natural History Museum in New York. Inside that history museum, by the way, his family uh, you know financed it in large part this museum. Um, is a uh, is a poem. That he wrote, called "The State." You can go look it up and you read it. It is uh, an anthem to the notion of power and uh, destruction. And okay, when you said that, I ass- I don't know why I assumed it was going to be the opposite for some reason,
0: but I did. Oh no! So it's
1: you. I told you in a few a few segments ago that uh, that fascism was created in the United States by people like Woodrow Wilson and his ilk, and by that right. I mean FDR. Uh, well, me, Woodrow Wilson Teddy ultimately. Roosevelt. Admitted
0: that you know he had done that, and that he regretted it, and that Americans needed to do something about it. Well, I haven't read that, but oh, good. Well, it was in his farewell address. Okay. Well, he he at length went on about the military-industrial complex
1: that he had no, no, created. That's, that's uh, Eisenhower. You're thinking. Oh, of. yeah, it is. Yeah. Um. So anyway, this the statue certainly promotes Theodore Roosevelt's ideals surrounding the state. Um, and, you know, money bought that for him and Well, let's destroy it Because
0: it sounds like it's an evil and immoral thing That is being promoted there I, I'm i not saying let's do that Because that belongs to someone who isn't me It's not my property to go and destroy I'm saying that we as a society should come together And say, hey, this is not the kind of thing we want to idolize Let's
1: get rid of this Well, I think that that would be I think it, I'd love to live in a world where we don't want to idolize people like Theodore Roosevelt But I don't Uh, in fact i live in quite the opposite world and i would say that uh, that statue is exactly where it should be it is on the private property of a museum that is largely funded by donations now is it quote-unquote state-owned sure but the people of the state of new york or the city of uh, new york they're not really the ones paying for the uh for the museum of natural history it's the people who choose to go in there and by the way it is a phenomenal museum. It's one of the best museums in the United States. Wouldn't a library be better, though? Meaning what? Just a place full of books and information there, that we people We have libraries everywhere. No. Yes, we need more libraries, if, though. Look, if we had more libraries and fewer statues, the world would be a better place. Okay. You haven't been to the Natural History Museum. Um, that much No, is Because I can pick up a book and read any any information that is in there. I can pick up a book and read it. You
0: cannot Without having to go there and idolize. Stand
1: next to a herd of stuffed elephants. What in benefit? A book. What, the, what the benefit? Yes, I can. That's the power of the imagination. No, that's that's it's imagination. As,
0: it's as real as standing next to wax elephants or statues of elephants or whatever they are. I don't. Just as close to the experience as standing next to real elephants as is imagining myself there while reading a book about it. Uh,
1: so you're saying that imagination is equal to being to reality? No. Okay. You're, you're comparing standing next to wax elephants or... Well, they're not wax. They're actually stuffed. Stuffed
0: elephants. They were elephants at one point. As being somehow analogous to or... Because there's nothing like it. Worthy of an experience, like standing next to actual elephants. Well,
1: it's not standing next to uh real elephants, but you really have to go into one of these places to understand what I'm talking so about. So you have giant stuffed elephants. I, I, I don't know what experience standing next to a stuffed
0: elephant can bring me than uh, imagining myself standing next to a stuffed
1: I'll elephant I'll tell you can. this. When you look at uh, rare stuffed birds that are now extinct and you're trying to imagine what they look like when you're reading about it in a book, you just can't come up with what they look like. But well, p- looking b- at them – Books can have pictures. Okay. Now they have pictures of hand-drawn, uh, you know, birds – I mean, sure. Why not? Somebody's mock-up of a dodo is far more effective in communicating what a dodo looked like. By the way, we don't know uh, really what a dodo looked like, um, than reading a book about it or looking if at a the picture.
0: Book has a picture about it. I mean, no, I, I don't understand.
1: No, what, sorry. I uh, that's the problem. You I, don't understand. I would
0: point out that a picture of the Mona Lisa conveys exactly the same information as standing in front of the Mona Lisa. I think ninety-nine percent. But the Mona Lisa is a two-dimensional object. What are your thoughts? Two zero two three eight. 0-3-6-9-9. Who's right here, Mark or Arya? Is imagination almost as good as reality?
4: Carl Watner, longtime proponent of a voluntary society, died last December. You may have seen his articles published on his website, Voluntarist.com, in his newsletter, The Voluntarist, the Mises Institute, or elsewhere over the last 40 years. His newest book, I Must Speak Out, Volume 2, The Best of the Voluntarist, is now available via Liberty Under Attack Publications. This 430-page second volume spans the years of 2000 through 2020 and includes articles by Carl Watner. Watner, Hans-Hermann Hoppe, Carl Hess, Benjamin Tucker, George H. Smith, Lysander Spooner, Pete Eyre, Joyce Brand, and many others. I Must Speak Out as for the newly initiated, the veteran voluntarist, or anywhere in between. Buy the book now at libertyunderattack.com slash voluntarist. For more great content on building a voluntary society and for Carl's extensive archives, check out voluntarist.com.
0: It is free talk live 202-380-3699 that's the new call in line 202-380-3699 yeah and as I say that number I don't think I'm ever actually going to memorize it <laughs> I mean, it's on a sticker right in front of me so it's all good but, yeah, it's uh, not one I'm likely to memorize, I don't
1: think. Well, we'll see what's going on with the phone lines here shortly. We've been having some problems, and that's why we switched up the phone number. We don't know what's going on with our old call-in line. So if you have that saved, uh, well, it's probably not going to go well for you. Try this number. And one more time, Ari, it is 202. 202- 202
0: Very good. So we were talking about... The Mona Lisa and statues and idolatry, and you disagree with me in that I think that we can idolize the ideas of these people without idolizing the people. Like You keep mentioning Gandhi, who of course had many admirable characteristics. I think we can admire those characteristics without necessarily holding up Gandhi as someone who...
1: Have you ever heard how different kids learn in different ways? Some kids are kinetic learners, and some kids are auditory learners, and some kids yeah. uh, have to uh, you know read something in order to do whatever. The same's true with everybody in the world, and different methods for teaching like the same method doesn't work for everybody. And That's what you're saying is, is that books are good, imagination is good. I certainly don't argue with that, but in my opinion, there's nothing like being in, say, the Natural History Museum for understanding the size and uh, of a, a silverback gorilla. Now, if you can go to a zoo and see a silverback gorilla, yeah, that'll stand for it. But I mean – Yeah, but don't go to zoos because they're unethical. I don't know that I think that zoos are unethical. But, um, you know – Anyway, well, let's let's leave the zoo conversation for the next segment. <laughs> um, you know, to me, education's important as it is to you. I'm not saying it's yeah. not important to you. And I just think that different people learn different ways and that we have to have lots of different ways. When it comes to statues, I get that um, figures, especially historical figures, uh, political figures, uh, I think is what I'm trying to come up with. Political figures are going to be highly divisive. There's going to be some people that like Theodore Roosevelt and some people who don't like Theodore Roosevelt, and that the people of the city of New York don't need to pay to create a statue of Theodore Roosevelt. And if a statue of Theodore Roosevelt is given to the city of New York to put in a certain spot, that the taxpayers shouldn't have to pay for the maintenance of that spot. That, in fact, it should be put in, say, a museum that was financed Largely by the Roosevelt family, or in large part by the Roosevelt family. Sure, I don't disagree
0: that, you know, if taxpayers aren't footing the bill, then private people with private statues can do whatever they want. My argument is that they shouldn't want to create a
1: statue of Teddy Roosevelt. If you try to get everybody to want a thing, you will fail. I know. And, uh, I mean, it's it's just a recipe for failure. So, no, I'd... But I mean here's a guy who idolizes the state as yep. you pointed out. Teddy Roosevelt, not the uh, you know not the great character that uh, many people think he is. As all you have to do is read, do a little more reading. You know, push the puff pieces aside and realize that Teddy Roosevelt told Japan that he could have North Korea, that they could have North Korea and basically gave him uh, China and then of course things went out of control with Nanking and all that stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, many of the problems in the East, that the United States got involved with, created by Theodore Roosevelt in the first place. This guy just loved conquering. And it didn't matter whether he was doing it or somebody else, his puppet. Yeah, I mean, that's true of, you know, the American
0: government in general. And uh, going all the way back, this is why, I I mean, all of these historical figures, even if they did something good, like, you know, Thomas Jefferson did plenty of good things, he was still a slave owner. And?
1: And I don't think he should be idolized. I I,
0: I, I can admire
1: when the you good- talk about idolization. So you either there's you have come to this conclusion. I just want to make sure that everybody else comes to this conclusion. Is that humans are fallible yes. and they exist in the time frame that they exist. Yes. Thomas Jefferson was very likely much better to his slaves than the vast majority of slave owners at that time, even in the immediate vicinity of Monticello. Right. Um, I don't disagree Monticello, with that. You decide how it's pronounced. I don't care. The uh, so, in if one looks at it from that standpoint, I think it's sort of okay. I get it. Like the pre-industrial revolution, labor conditions sucked. At the time of Thomas Jefferson, eighty-five percent of Americans were under what we would call the poverty level. Now they don't know. They didn't know precisely where their meals were going. They were. Nutritionally unstable, as it were, and these sorts of things. Eighty-five percent of Americans, middle class, was poverty at this time, and that's because uh, you know of just sort of the economics of the way things are now. Now, middle class means two cars, television sets, air conditioning, cell phones, and a variety of really wonderful things. We can't imagine a world where middle class is near you know potential starvation next month. And right. so in a world like that, there's going to be labor distribute labor is going to look different than it does today. And that's not to say that slavery is acceptable. It is not. But it is understandable in that uh, time frame. Now, by that time frame, I mean, I don't think it's under- every year from the from the agricultural revolution 10,000 years ago to today. Uh, to to a mere two hundred years ago, basically. I don't think it was. I don't. I don't think I would characterize
0: it as understandable within that time frame because there were abolitionists even back then. Sure. And if a it's theoretically wrong. And if a it market is. isn't sustainable without forced labor, then that market shouldn't exist.
1: I'm with you on that topic. However, you would agree, presumably, that the natural state of man since the uh, agricultural revolution and quite possibly before it i can't really say we don't have a lot of documentation from that time frame but um the natural state of man was bondage and servitude well the natural state of man is poverty poverty too but um you know there there are people who aren't in poverty and those people use those in poverty in any way they wish yes but this eliminates the poverty they ha- if they pay
0: them it eliminates the poverty because you are paying them. You are providing them with resources. You are lifting them out of poverty. Sure. Um, what I would say to that is— I is, mean, we've seen this with China, right? We used to always talk about how, oh, all these cheap Chinese goods went. But
1: look at what we did. You lifted people out of poverty. But the difference is, is today China isn't competing against actual slavery. So if you're trying to sell cotton that you've grown in Mississippi— from a farm where you paid people to pick cotton versus a, uh, you know, the right next door the plantation is has forced labor where they own people like livestock, you're going to find that you're priced out of the market relatively quickly. And I'm not saying that that's right. Or, that's the reality of it. It is the reality of it. So I would get into a different industry. Okay, great. And I bet you would
0: have. Not not engage in one where I have to compete with poor cl- Hold slaver. on! Whoa,
1: whoa, whoa, whoa! I'm not defending. I know you're not slavery. I know you're I'm not. I'm simply saying that, um, and, and you know, we're going back and forth between slavery and antebellum South and slavery as it has existed for ten thousand years in a variety of different, um, you know, uh, 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 ways. But and, we have, and everybody who's listening to me and everybody who's talking right here is the descendants of slaves and slave masters. Um, like we all are. I and mean, that's just yeah. the reality of it because slavery is the natural state of man if you look over the last 10,000 years. It isn't the natural state. Poverty is the natural state and slavery
0: is just the exploitation of your fellow human being. That there's nothing natural about
1: that. If it's okay, the most common state of man over the last 10,000 years? I will allow that, but that's because I mean, it's not good. Let's be honest. You may be correct
0: to okay. say that it's the natural state because man is an aggressive, violent animal. Uh-huh. And always has been. And a and lot so, of them are just servile in order to get along. And humans have always sought... There's always been humans that sought power over others, and slavery is power over others. Yep. So it, it is a natural manifestation of humanity, but that doesn't make it any less immoral or any more accessible. I know you're not arguing that it does. I certainly wouldn't. But it's not an institution that can't be abolished. Agreed. 202-380-3699. It's free talk live two zero two three eight zero three six nine nine. With you in the studio tonight, it's Aria and Mark. And I've got to pull it up here. I want to say thank you to Izzy, who is tonight's amplifier. Izzy is a gold-level amplifier, which means that Izzy is giving $10 per month to the AMP program. We don't ask that much, though. All we ask is $5 per month. That gets you in. It with a number of cool little features like an AMP-only Facebook group and AMP-only chat on the Matrix server, which you can find at social freetalklive dot there's so many urls in my head this is sometimes difficult to keep them straight but the real reason you should join the program if you want to if is because dare. yeah because you care about free talk live and you want us to be on more radio stations reaching larger larger and
1: better i don't want to say better but reaching larger audiences sure more around people. the world but because you, know, you care about a couple of things do you care about freedom of speech and i mean the ability of people to get on and say what they want uh, on national radio if you care about that then free talk lives the show for you because it's not the other shows aren't um if you care about the ideas shows, of-
0: will only let you on if you're agreeing with the host like rush limbaugh was notorious for this oh if, it- if you would say if you're going to argue with him like from a hardcore leftist he, he would let you on for the entertainment value of that sure but he would cut you off put you on hold dump your call as as he wanted to
1: just to make you look ridiculous. Well, and this is this was true for all. This is true for all hosts. Uh, if you're say if you disagree with them and you make them look good in the process, then um, you'll you, you'll stay on. Now, um, you know, there's a few hosts that were like Neil Bortz. That guy just liked to argue, um, and so you know he would bring you on. Uh, and you could argue with them and you go to the front of the line. But, you know, I don't know what Neil's doing these days. I hope all the best for him. Um, he was kind of the, one of the precursors to free talk live in so much as, yeah, we do take uh, calls from people that we disagree with. So, um, yeah, we do. And
0: it's not because we want to
1: make ourselves look good or we want to argue with people It's because, you know, maybe they're right. We may not be correct. I, I also think just radio where people agree with each other is boring.
0: <laughs> yeah, know? that's that's a valid point. So if you value all of that, you might consider joining the AMP program. You can find it at AMP.freetalklive.com. That's AMP.freetalklive.com. It stands for advertise market and promote. All money donated there is used strictly to advertise, market and promote Free Talk Live.
1: So- Arya, I, I think that we're on a topic here during the break, uh, for several breaks, the uh, parts of the breaks here, um, that I think is worth talking about. I don't know if I I hope I'm not revealing too much to say you're getting a pet. No. Okay. Um, and that pet is? A golden retriever. You're getting a golden retriever puppy here in the very near future. Yes. And. Well, that's the plan. I can't have contact with Ian, and I need to, you know, talk to him about it, but I don't expect there to be an issue. Why would that be an issue? Right. Oh, as far as. Uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, well, I'm on the board of the Shire Free Church. And, uh, you know, as long as you're taking care of the, uh, the, the place you rent, then that's fine. Um, the. Uh, So uh, one of the things that we were talking about is, is do animals have emotions? And I I think I didn't know which particular thing during the break that you've been talking about, because we've had a
0: different conversation during the breaks. I mean, we have to find out a way to record these and upload them as, you know, outtake clips or something like that, because it's good stuff. I would only
1: give that to amplifiers. (laughs) Go to amp.freetalklive.com. Well, we've got to work out a mechanism for doing that. Though. Well, we have microphones right here. We <laughs> do, but if we talk into them, then it's going out onto the stream and in some cases terrestrial radio. We could figure something out. Yeah. The uh, And to me, uh, the argument I would have for emotions, and I know that people, some people out there think you shouldn't personify animals and this is anthropomorphization, you know, look like, at all that stuff. But I, we are animals. We are animals. It's nothing but ego
0: to say, oh, you can't anthropomorphize animals because they're a lot more similar that,
1: to us than we care to think. Right. If if you make the argument that man is completely different from animals, you're not doing it from a scientific standpoint. Correct. There's um,
0: no reason to believe that whatsoever, we except share, ego.
1: Yeah, We share a great deal of uh, DNA with, well, all animals and Plants and these sorts of things. I mean, DNA is shared across the board, but uh, specifically, the closer we get to apes, the more DNA we share. So it suggests that science is correct in classifying humans as apes. But When I think about the 50,000 year relationship that humans have had with dogs, I mean, there's times that it'll bring me to tears that I really do believe that, um, dogs came to us through the love, likely the love of little girls, uh, who wanted a baby, a puppy, um, you know, and treated, you know, a certain way and that kind of thing. And, you know, young animals are much more interested in human beings than their uh, older counterparts. Sure. And so a little girl gets a puppy and raises it, and that puppy you know hates her less than uh, <laughs> hates all the other humans and then uh, slowly over time, domesticization, if that's a, a proper term kicks in, and then we have these animals that cohabitate with us, uh, look for our scraps that protect us. Uh, You know, care for our livestock, um, you know, do all these things, babysit kids and do a whole bunch of things that these these animals do to the point that prehistoric man is being buried with their dogs. They love them so much. They're so much a part of their lives. Um, And today... With the COVID puppy phenomenon and, and, you know, this kind of thing. I mean, so many more. COVID puppy phenomenon? Yeah, people adopting animals because they were locked in their houses (gasps) uh, for so long. I did not know that was a thing.
0: Yeah. um, You know, I mean. I I guess I can sort of see how it would happen, though. People become lonely. Yeah, sure. So they get a pet. It's not the reason I'm interested in a golden retriever. No, I don't think that. I don't think that's the best reason. But there are
1: worse reasons. Sure, you know, like I mean, if you're lonely, then you're going to spend time with the pet, which is a positive thing. That's a positive thing for both you and the pet. It's good for your mental health. Like, really, really good for your mental health um, to have something to care for and take care of, and go on for walks and get some sunlight and do a variety of things that one might do when one has an animal. But um, I'm also a creationist. I, I believe that God created. Uh, you know life, even though I tend to believe in science most of the time, too. And I think that the Creator loves economy. And I don't think that the Creator would just create emotions for humans. Uh, obviously, nature wouldn't, because emotions are useful in getting us to do all the things that we need to do as a as the most successful ape the planet has ever seen. So do you—question about your theology—do
0: you believe that the Creator— After creating the universe, then actively participated in guiding and shaping it as it progressed? Or he just sort of did the deist thing, which
1: is lay out how the rules and then the chances took over? I think that there's probably some, uh, you know, some some fiddling with the chances. Uh, I mean, the chances of life on this planet are phenomenally low. Yeah, but the chances of life evolving anywhere are... Still phenomenally low, but there's There's so, lots of anywheres.
0: Yes, there's, there's lots there of are so many planets that, you know, yep. it was almost certainly going to happen at sure. some point.
1: And the presumption I would have is, is there's probably life on other planets, but I still think that uh, likely, you know, there was a little fiddling here and there. No, I don't think that it was just an ant farm. Um, when I had an ant farm, I'd knock it around a little bit, wouldn't you? I mean, Sure. What
0: are your thoughts on all of this 2023803699 more coming up. Do animals have emotions? Well if you're watching the video feed at com and you see the cat, you're probably inclined to think yes. it's free talk live, two zero two, three eight zero, three six nine nine is the color line.
1: We haven't had a lot of calls tonight, now that I think about it. I mean uh Tom from New Hampshire called in. Dave from Michigan. We haven't and Bonnie is um she's spelling
0: out things to make the number easier to remember to remember. Apparently three six nine nine spells docs with two X's. So that's interesting. Two zero two three eight zero docs. Docs. It's the number for free talk live now. But speaking of uh Cause we actually C, D, do have e, a color line.
1: Also, Fox with two X, uh, uh, X's. Yes, that's yeah. also true.
0: I don't want to use that though, because I don't generally like Fox. Although, as we talked about earlier, oh, the, in the news, show. the
1: news channel is not spelled with two X's. No, but, all right. I did. I didn't even make the correlation. Oh, see, that's what I think of when I think of Fox. All I was doing X's. was uh, thinking of the letters that are on the three. <laughs> Well, it's the nine that's tricky,
0: right? Because you've got X, Y, and Z there. and it's, So it's foxy. I guess. Yeah. yeah. That's better, I yep. guess. But speaking of the phones, we actually do have someone on the line. We have Dylan calling from New Hampshire.
5: Dylan, you're on Free Talk Live. Hey, what's up, guys? Hey,
0: what's on your mind tonight?
5: Well, you guys were talking about Jefferson, but before I get to that, you guys are saying how people or are, are humans are animals. And I totally agree. And I think it's crazy that people don't consider that human habitat is important, especially like the culture of how certain humans are living these days. And, um, you know, native cultures, tribal lands are being destroyed still by colonization. And it's like, wow, where's everybody who's concerned about the environment? What about the environment for
1: humans? What do you but, um, think when uh, tribal people are not taking care of uh, their land very well? I mean, oftentimes, well, for instance, the uh, people who populated uh, New Zealand wiped out the MOA, right? Um, so, I mean, the, you know, there's, some, there's some glaring instances historically where people who, um, you know, native and indigenous people didn't do a very good job of caring for the environment, you know? I have heard this,
5: but I'm not really familiar, and I'm curious if this has to do with colonial influence.
1: Well, um, I would say colonial influence is this sort of uh, bugbear that's tossed out there. I mean, um, is this is this still going on? Are we are we colonizing things these days? Because it seems like colonialism died a death about a hundred years ago, and to uh, you know to to uh, beat this horse, uh, it may be dead.
5: Well, I guess what comes to mind is the documentary that I watched on the Sami people of uh, Northern Europe. They're losing their lands still, their yep. reindeer habitat. And, you know, it's because of, I would say, colonization or just the way we live life nowadays, buying up lands, and making them industrial. And so it's cutting right through their reindeer habitat that they would normally... So who's selling the land? land. Good question, right? So how did it become for sale?
1: Yeah, right. I like you know, this is one of the things is, is sometimes in in the United States at least. I mean, I'm I can't I can only compare this to native situations in the United States is that um Indian tribes which, you know, this is just a government making a deal with a government will say, "Hey, we're going to give you some land, we're going to give the United States some government some land of the state government some land in exchange for this that or the other or they're uh, trying to get it back. I I do I have a great deal of sympathy for um native you know native peoples and their plights um, at the same time i I certainly don't think that they uh they are perfect right um you know like in many cases these uh, native peoples in the United States own slaves and you know these sorts of things, so you know they're really no better. It's just one government conquering and defeating another, and history's full of that
5: yeah i would agree yeah but i guess i like to look at them as kind of the first people that were making use of a particular piece of land and yeah rather decentralized as well so it's like you know how did how did we come to own that
1: <laughs> yeah it's one of the yeah. things is is that um in in the united states i don't know what the same i can't i haven't watched this documentary on the Sami people and i'm i'm interested in it because i've heard read a little bit about them and oh wow that's it's cool to me um so, uh, thanks for bringing it up. But uh, the, oftentimes, native peoples didn't even understand property ownership the way that, uh, say, it was laid out by English common law. And those understandings of property in English common law often sort of defeated them because, well, you know, people who had one understanding of property rights would come to people who had another understanding and sort of make a deal. And uh, the native people often wouldn't know what they were doing and didn't understand and you know these sorts of things
5: yeah sounds like not proper meeting of the minds
1: yeah
0: well thank you so much for the call tonight dylan it's certainly exploitative to i mean to go into a new land and see these people and you have an entirely different of course you don't know i don't, I don't imagine the the English knew that the Native Americans had a drastically different understanding of private property. Nope, but
1: it certainly worked out to their advantage. <sighs> well, I it mean. certainly did. Um, well, let's not forget the reality of uh, you know just viruses and and uh, pathogens that you know like w- it was going to go one way or the other, and right. it, it happened to go poorly for the peoples of the Americas, like. The but it could have gone the exact opposite it could direction have. It where could Europeans have. arrived here and were just wiped out by diseases that Native Americans
0: had immunity to.
1: And those diseases made it back across the ocean with the Europeans fleeing it, and it wipes out three continents um, yeah. You know, with those pathogens. It could have happened. Is it bad? Well, yes, it's bad that um, 90% of some of the estimations of Native Americans, and I'm talking about from, you know, up to Inuit peoples all the way down to Patagonia were wiped out by these diseases. As high as ninety percent, ninety percent. Yeah, it's crazy. Um, and I mean, it's important. That wasn't intentional. No, and that's the thing is, is that. I mean, you know, while, while we pull out the whip and begin to self flagellate here, let's not forget that this is just what happened. And it could have e- just as easily gone the other direction. There could have been one disease that the Native American people had that had never been seen before in Europe and just whoo, wiped them out. But it didn't go that way. It went the other direction. Smallpox was terrible for them. And, you know, I mean, there were some it's instances. It's horrifying, and it's terrible, but the, the English or the Europeans didn't do this on purpose. There was they didn't at know the very least one it. instance where they did. But it's not like that wiped out the continent, you know? Right. Uh, you know, 99% of that 90% was wiped out sort of by accident. And uh, the, the colonists just believed these were weak people. You know, the reason they wouldn't they didn't want to pay money for them as slaves which they were doing to each other all the time um was because they were more than likely going to die and they didn't see it as uh you know a valuable thing yeah so
0: well they saw them as weak because they didn't understand the concept of you know virology and the fact that they had immunity or resistance to this disease and the Native Americans simply didn't
1: yeah it's uh yep that's the way it was so.
0: I mean, it's tragic, and it sucks that it happened, but it is important to remember because when I think about American history, I think, you know, I know this land used to be full of Native Americans. My assumption is, well, there were a lot of wars, weren't there? There were plenty of them, but that wasn't what that wasn't what did it. What that that wasn't what wiped out ninety no, percent of the Native American not even population. Close. No. It was smallpox,
1: which was an accident. And what also needs to be understood is is that, like like any people everybody remembers the bad thing and not the good thing. So, you know, if you're living peacefully with the natives along the other side of the river for a decade and then one of their wild young guys comes over and does something bad, then it's like, those darn natives, let's go get them. And vice versa, very similar. And it's, it's a sad, sad history, but one that we need to come to grips with. Interestingly, look up what's happened with Native American uh, land ownership in Oklahoma recently uh, out of the Supreme Court, and you'll see some light at the end of this tunnel. Free Talk Live.
0: It's Free Talk Live, two zero two three eight zero three six nine nine. if you want to join the discussion. And we've been talking about pets a little bit here and there. And, you know, it just occurred to me that I've only once had a dog in my entire life. Okay. A, a dog that was just my dog, right? I mean, my ex-wife and I, we had some dogs together, but they were bonded more to her than they were to me. Okay. The only dog I ever had was a pit bull named Wilbur because he looked like a little pig. Who was stolen
1: from me, and I don't know what became of him. No, that's sad. It was sad. Well, we were talking about dogs, and I do—I believe that, that dogs can love. I believe that animals can love. I don't think that this is... Yeah. Well, it's a hormonal reaction to a circumstance, right? That's what love is in
0: humans, and that's what it is in animals as well. Animals have those... Non-human animals have those same hormones, so I, I, I don't see how it could be... An, Otherwise.
1: And I found a little article on the internet. Uh, you know, perhaps they can wax a little more prosaic than I can. Uh, and it's from thesprucepets.com. Everyone knows those, even those hostile cat owners. The dogs are man's and woman's best friend. I I don't see any reason to throw down the gauntlet of cat owners. I like cats too. Um, your cats are great. My cat, by the way, is awful. But, um, (laughs) cats
0: are. Cats perform different roles for humans than dogs cats do. Cats domesticated
1: themselves. They're little freeloaders, whereas dogs... Well,
0: they're not freeloaders. They, they killed the rats. They killed the rodents that I'm were I'm not sure they us. killed rats.
1: I mean, if you've if you've seen a, a rat versus a cat, you'd have to be a good-sized cat. Probably some good-sized cats, male cats did, but the female ones, the mice that were getting into the uh, the grain feed and all that stuff. Yeah.
0: And the bugs, the spiders, the insects, the wasps. Cats are great at killing
1: those. They make fiercely loyal, extremely intelligent, and, duh, adorable companions, and most puppy parents consider theirs pooch a member of the family. But do our dogs love us back? The short answer, yes. Dogs express their emotions in a variety of ways, ranging from super subtle to totally obvious. So sometimes it can be tough to tell what's a positive expression or a negative expression. The bottom line, our dogs love us unconditionally. And I love that unconditional thing. That Every, sounds like dogs. I mean, and, and it's
0: backfired on many dogs that I knew of back when I lived in the South, people who would mistreat their animals. But the dog continued to love them. Unconditionally. I don't think they can do otherwise. Yeah.
1: Um, I think of a bum as not mistreatment. I mean, I just think that that's awful. But I, I think of, say, uh, a homeless person with a dog. And I think. You know that dog could find somebody else to take care of them, and in a a much higher style. But they are loyal to that person, yeah, and they love that person. And to me, I just think that that's you know it's an amazing thing. That is an amazing thing. They just sometimes express it in weirder ways. These ten signs of puppy love can help you determine if your pupper and you are truly bonded. And I don't have the uh, time to, you know, in in this segment to read every one of them, but I am going to read them and you can ask me questions as we go through. Sure. Holding eye contact. Now, my uh, Doberman Heimdall just loves to hold eye contact with me. He wants me to hold his head in my hands and he wants to look at me while I sort of rub his jaw. Heimdall is the stupid one. (laughs) <laughs> he, he you he, called him stupid he's, not, he's no genius but he is a lovable animal and um you know he There's does nothing what wrong with a stupid dog he's loved he loves he, he does what he's supposed to do which is a he's he's great uh with the family and b if you come in the house he is terrifying looking Okay. So, uh, awesome. it, he doesn't, he's, he's not so good with the idea of, uh, people just wandering in either. He didn't like that too much. So, eye contact with the dog, that's weird. I don't right. think I've ever. You don't want eye contact with a dog you don't know. That's generally considered a, uh, a threat to the dog. But, um, okay. once, you know, you do know the dog, oh, yeah, yeah, that's, that's great. Leaning against you. And you've had this happen. I mean, you know, the sure. animals, uh, leaning against you and it's just, uh, you know, oh, my cats love laying on my feet. That's essentially the same thing. Yep. It's saying you're part of the group. Um, they're just, uh, you know, getting the body warmth from you and, and feeling it. Sleeping in your bedroom. <laughs> and I haven't found a dog that doesn't want to sleep in the bedroom. Right, um, because that's where you sleep and they want to do what you do. And maybe even get on the bed. Yeah. Uh, now, in our case, uh, we've got some big dogs and they've got dog beds. By the way, from. What is it, the MyPillow company? These are, in my opinion, the best dog beds. Um, MyPillow.com. You can still use coupon code FTL to order there. Um, it's uh, it, it keeps them – they're not laying – like it doesn't get squished down. It's really great filling. Okay. Um, anyway, uh, say what you want about the people that run MyPillow. Uh, they make really, really, really great pillows. Number four, it's happy when you get home and well, i've never i've never seen a dog who wasn't happy to see people i know just in general <laughs> just, hey <laughs> hey, thanks for visiting um you know yeah absolutely it's uh it's a nice feeling when you're greeted at home and they're excited to see you and you know i've been waiting all day to see you see i do get that from my cats every night when i get home from work
0: i come in and they're sitting there waiting for me at the bottom of the stairs
1: yeah. Just like a dog would. I, I'm not sure my cat would, would do anything if I dropped dead. <laughs> she just okay. doesn't care. Um, my former cat, Senior Grouchy Pants, probably would have laid down next to me until I got cold. and then And then what? Who knows? Maybe chewed on me or something. Number five, it carries your shoes and stinky socks around. Have you seen this? I've like maybe chewing heard of it. chewing the shoes and socks and things like that. Why do they do this? It's the smell. It's okay. concentrated um smell. Pooches who are attacked uh, attached to their owners also love their owners' scents and may raid your shoe pile or laundry basket for stinky socks, t shirts, and even underwear. Stealing shoes and dirty clothes oh don't forget tissues, by the way, like those two. Uh aren't always the best thing, especially if your dog likes to chew, but You can prevent inappropriate chewing by giving your dog plenty of engaging toys or marrow filled bones. They just they love you and their noses like try to imagine having a nose that is fifty times as good as, you know, your sense of smell. They're The way they look at the world, the way they approach the world, is far more scent-oriented than we can ever imagine. So scents are important to them. They want to stop off, and they, you know, some dog peed here. I'd like to take a good long sniff of this, you know. (laughs) And it's, you know, gross from our standpoint. So we would never do such a thing. But from their standpoint, there's a lot of biological information in here, and I need to have it. And so, you know, here's my chief that I love, and he's my leader. And yeah, this is his stinky sock, and I'm going to keep it right here with me. So, your dog, Makes it checks. Yeah, it, it does make a lot of sense. It likes to check up on you. More independent dogs may not always uh, be right at your side and curled up around your feet, but that doesn't mean they don't love you. Your dog checks in on you from another room uh, during a walk or in a new environment. It's just making sure you're nearby. And it's, I think you're a touchstone for the animal. You know, they. uh, I mean, you're you're the center of you're the center of their universe, right? I'm the center of my universe, but I'm also the center of my dog's universe. Like the dog isn't this self-involved, you know? Right? Whereas, yeah, I absolutely am
0: seeking See, I don't have that with my cats. A lot of these I do have, but I'm I know I'm not the center of my cat's universe. Either one of them, they love me, sure, but I occupy
1: the universe with them. Right? I'm not at its center. Right, what's the the Churchill quote? Is something like uh, uh "to the, the dogs treat us like kings, cats uh, believe there are kings, but pigs treat us as equals." I can't remember what exactly it is. It's uh, but it's a fun one. I know what you're alluding to, and I don't remember it either. So. I think that this, obviously, this being touched thing is an evolutionary thing. We want to touch. We want to feel, uh, you know, the, the fur, the different experience, the, you know, the, the skin underneath our hands. We like this. We're a grooming ape. And, uh, the dog realized if I can fulfill this niche of being touched, things are a lot better for me. And they are. You know, if you're, you know, the dog that wants to get touched gets more, a lot more treats than the dog that doesn't. Yeah. Very so, true. Um, number eight when it sees you have you ever seen like a dog gets <laughs> so excited it just leaks a little yeah that's funny that's unfortunate <laughs> it's not a sign as it, potty training is regressive uh, regressing dogs especially puppies may be a little bit when they get excited referred to as submissive urination this little accident is actually a compliment it means your dog knows that you're in charge and i, I mean i i find it amusing but i've been around dogs my entire life my mom um at one point was a uh uh, is it not a board member, but a, a voting member of the American Kennel Club. Like oh. she went in and you know, yeah. new, met in New Jersey every year and they'd vote on the breeds that get to brought, be brought in and all that stuff. They're far more inclusive these days than they were back when I was a kid. But uh, so I'm used to a puppy getting I'm so excited that, you know, when it sees you that there's a little squirt or whatever, but. Anyway, it brings you its favorite toy. And this is true, by the way, of toddlers. Um, you know, they, they approach the world in the way they do. And there's this thing that I love so much. I want you to experience the joy that I get out of this thing, too. And then maybe you could toss it for me, too. That'd be great. And uh, last thing, it smiles at you. Um, but dogs have actually learned how to smile, is what they're saying here at thesprucepets.com fascinating
0: well we'll be back same time tomorrow find us online in the meantime at social.freetalklive.com that's where we chat social.freetalklive.com
3: if there's a sudden disaster and you can't get to the grocery store or they're all out of food what would you do you wish you had emergency food to get you through the crisis and that's why we're here we're mypatriotsupply.com america's leading source of emergency food Our food lasts for up to 25 years, and millions of families trust us for their disaster survival. Won't you join us? Unlike other food companies, we don't skimp on calories. Our meals give you more than 2,000 calories per day. Why? Because that's what you need to survive any challenging crisis. And right now, you can save $200 on our popular three-month emergency food kit. Just go to MyPatriotSupply.com and place your order. We ship fast two to three days max, and your food arrives discreetly right to your door. So order today and save $200 at MyPatriotSupply.com. That's MyPatriotSupply.com.